Knowing and understanding your emotions and being able to label and recognize your emotions is huge. This is really the basis for everything we do in our lives. I cannot stress that enough. Our emotions even affect us physically. If you think about when you feel upset or depressed, your energy level is usually low. You maybe don't want to get out of bed or you don't want to do your schoolwork or you don't want to talk to people or you don't want to answer your parents' questions about things. So our emotions really do affect how we're feeling. Or think about when you're anxious. Sometimes that makes you feel sick in your stomach, or you get a headache when you have a lot of anxiety or stress. Those are just examples of how emotions can cause physical symptoms. Several times a day, ask yourself, how am I feeling right now? A good time to do that is right when you wake up in the morning. You wouldn't believe, like we don't even think that we have a mood when we wake up. But if you start paying attention to it, you'll realize when you wake up, you are already in some kind of a mood, whether you're excited to get up because something fun is happening that day, or um, you're dreading getting up because you're you know worried about something or don't want to do something. So it doesn't really matter what times of the day you choose to ask yourself that question, what am I feeling? I just want you to do that. And then the next thing that I want you to do is start imagining how does it make you feel in your body. So the concept that I really want you to get today is that feelings are just vibrations in your body. So feelings and emotions, even things like sad and upset and angry, those aren't bad because they are emotions that everyone's going to feel. And so if we call them good and bad, then whenever we're in those lower moods, we're always going to think something is wrong or that we shouldn't be feeling that way. And even though it sounds amazing to be happy all the time, we really don't want to be happy all the time because we don't want to be happy about somebody dying. We don't want to be happy about sex trafficking. We don't want to be happy about racism. So there are times when we don't, you know, we want to have a different kind of mood, but we want to be able to to feel them all. So whether they're high energy or low energy or pleasant or not pleasant, I want you to think about where is the, what is happening in my body? Where am I feeling it? What does it feel like? And I want you to write that down and I want you to be really descriptive about it. So for instance, when I'm feeling anxious, I feel like these needles are like poking in my armpits. Breathing becomes a little bit faster. My heart rate goes up. Sometimes I feel like a hot flush over my face. And that's how specific I want you to be when you think about your feelings, whether pleasant or unpleasant, high energy or low energy. I really want you to think about it in that way. Increasing your vocabulary on the kinds of words you're going to use when you describe how you're feeling, because there's all these nuances and hues and shades of emotions instead of just mad, sad, glad. Those those are kind of like the primary colors, you know, they're, they're the ones that we know the most, but there's so many colors that can be made from those three colors. There's so many different emotions that can be in those same categories. Once you get the idea that feelings are just vibrations in your body, you can stop being afraid of feeling them. We think about a feeling and we try to avoid it. We try to stuff it down, pretend that it's not there. I just want it to go away. I want to ignore it. I want it. That's like holding that emotion down. And you're just using every bit of your strength to hold that down. But at some point, that emotion's going to come out and probably worse and even more painful than it would have been the first time. So as we work through the things that we're going to do in this podcast, I want you to think about 
that it's just a vibration and a vibration can't kill you. And a vibration really doesn't feel that bad for that long. Most people don't want to feel their feelings or haven't learned how to feel their feelings. And I truly believe that that's why we have alcohol and drug problems. That's why we have people who are overweight. That's why, um, I guess this is a drug problem, but that's why we have the opioid crisis where so many people are addicted to pain medications. Um, I think that's why people get addicted to video games. They get addicted to pornography. They get addicted to shopping too much. All of those things are about, I don't want to feel something. So I'm going to do something to buffer that feeling. So I'm just going to lay in my bed and watch Netflix and YouTube all day um, because I don't have to feel the feeling that I don't want to feel, or I'm going to take drugs and alcohol because that takes my feeling away and I don't have to feel it. Or I'm going to eat a carton of ice cream because right now I want to feel that instead of feeling whatever I feel. So when I talk about, we need to learn about our emotions, it sounds kind of childish or who cares, you know, let's move on to the, to the good stuff. But I think that until you can name your feelings, know what they are and feel them and live through them, that's everything. Like that's everything that you want to work on in your life has to do with that. I want to work on my anxiety. I want to work on procrastination. I want to work on relationship issues that I have with my boyfriend and girlfriend, or I want to work on the relationship issues I have with my parents or my friends. All of that has to do with your emotions, feeling them and regulating them. But here's the deal. This podcast does not take the place of getting counseling or therapy outside of outside of this podcast, outside of school, outside of your home. This podcast can help every single person if they use the concepts that we're talking about to have a better life. There is no doubt about that. But I know that there are things that people are going through that are traumatic and horrible and the worst things that anyone could even imagine. And you, these things are going to help you, but these things are not going to give you all of the stuff that you need to get better. So don't be afraid of um, seeking therapy and counseling. And you can still do this on top of that, but don't use this instead of getting therapy or counseling because that's really important. So stress is a feeling of emotional or physical tension. Comes from a thought that makes you feel either frustrated or angry or nervous, anxious, so many different words you could put in there. And stress is your body's reaction to that thought. So when you anticipate the beginning of school, you might be thinking, oh no, it's almost here. And then I have, we'll have so much homework to do. And what if Rachel doesn't want to be my friend anymore? And practice will start so early in the morning or be so late after school. And then I will have homework. My parents will be mad at me and I won't have time to see my friends. And I need to make some money because gas is so expensive. And just saying all that stuff makes me feel stressed. And those aren't even my stressors. But as you think those kinds of thoughts, your body starts releasing all sorts of chemicals into your body, and you will feel emotions, all sorts of emotions, good and bad. That 50-50 that we've talked about, that there's pleasant, there's half pleasant, half unpleasant, half amazing, half terrible, whatever. And that's playing out 
again in emotions. In short bursts, stress can be positive, such as when it helps you to avoid danger, because that's really originally where stress response came from, is that we had to escape wild animals or, you know, our body wants to keep us alive. So our body has the stress response that it uses whenever there's anything that our body thinks is dangerous or stressful. And when we need to meet deadlines, for some people, having kind of a stress about it kind of fuels them to move forward. So if it's if it's used as fuel in a way that gives you a positive result, then it can be okay. But stress most of the time for people is not used in a positive way. Your body still needs to process it and complete the stress cycle. Emotions are tunnels. And if you go all the way through them, you get to the light at the end. And that's how you release it. When you think back and remember it, you can immediately feel shame as strong as it ever was. It is so painful. That is what makes shame so toxic. We don't want to talk about what we are ashamed of because we want to hide it. But the more we hide it, the more corrosive shame will be. Shame is the feeling that comes from the thought that there's something wrong with you. Many times we think that there's something wrong with us for all sorts of reasons. In order to get relief from shame, we must open it up to the light. We can't keep it hidden. Now, I don't mean telling the world all of our deep, dark secrets, but you need to have someone who knows, a best friend, a therapist, a life coach, that can help you work through those unpleasant, painful feelings. As I write this, I am reliving some painful memories of shame. They don't really haunt me anymore, but I still feel that sting of how painful it was at the time. I definitely felt that there was something wrong with me, and I did need to make some changes. But I was making that mean at the time that I was a mistake, not that I had made a mistake. That is the difference with shame. Shame says, I am a mistake. I said that to myself so much in my first 40 years of life. I want you to know how to combat that feeling so you don't spend 40 years thinking you are a mistake. I want you to think about your problems as a thorn. Imagine that you have a thorn in your arm that directly touches a nerve. When the thorn is touched, it's very painful. Because it hurts so much, the thorn is a serious problem. It's difficult to sleep because you roll over on it. It's hard to get close to people because they might touch it. It makes your daily life very difficult. You can't even go for a walk in the woods because you might brush the thorn against the branches. This thorn is a constant source of disturbance. And to solve the problem, you only have two choices. The first choice is to look at your situation and decide that since it's so disturbing when things touch the thorn, you need to make sure that nothing touches it. 
The second choice is to decide that since it's so disturbing when things touch the thorn, you need to take it out. Believe it or not, the effects of the choice you make will determine the course of the rest of your life. Let's begin with the first choice and explore how it might affect your life. If you decide to have to keep things from touching the thorn, then that becomes the work of a lifetime. If you want to go for a walk in the woods, you have to thin out the branches to make sure that you don't brush against them. Since you often roll over and touch the thorn when you sleep, you'll have to find a solution for that as well. Perhaps you could design an apparatus that acts as a protective device. If you really put a lot of energy into it and your solution seemed to work, you would think that you have solved your problem. You'd say, I can sleep now. So now you've got a whole life built around this thorn and you're proud of it. You keep the woods thinned out and you wear the apparatus, apparatus at night. But now you have a new problem. You fell in love. This is a problem because in your situation, it's hard to even hug. Nobody can touch you because they might touch the thorn. So you design another kind of device that allows closeness among people without actually touching. Eventually, you decide that you want total mobility without having to worry about the thorn anymore. So you make a full-time device that doesn't have to be strapped at night or changed over for hugging and other daily activities, but it's heavy. So you put wheels on it, control it with hydraulics, and install collision sensors. It's actually quite an impressive device. Of course, you have to change the doors in your house so that the protective apparatus can get through, but at least now you can live your life. You can go to work, go to sleep, get close to people. And so you announce to everyone, I have solved my problem. I am a free being. I can go anywhere I want. I can do whatever I want. This thorn used to run my life. Now it doesn't run anything. But the truth is, The thorn completely runs your entire life. It affects all of your decisions, including where you go, whom you're comfortable with, and who's comfortable with you. It determines where you're allowed to work, what house you live in, what kind of bed you sleep on at night. When it's all said and done, that thorn is running every aspect of your life. It turns out that the life of protecting yourself from your problem becomes a perfect reflection of the problem itself. You didn't solve anything. If you don't solve the root cause of the problem, but instead attempt to protect yourself from the problem, it ends up running your life. You end up so psychologically fixated on the problem that you can't see the forest for the trees you actually feel that because you've minimized the pain of the problem, you've solved the problem, but it is not solved. All you did was devote your life to avoiding it. It is now the center of your universe. It's all there is. When we've talked about buffering before or resistance, and there's different episodes about these things you can go back and and listen to, but when you think about, oh, I don't want to feel fear, or I don't want to feel bored, or I don't want to feel rejection. So I'm going to avoid all of these things that cause that, or I'm going to eat food. I'm going to 
binge watch Netflix all day. I'm gonna watch pornography. I'm gonna spend a bunch of money shopping. All of those things are avoiding whatever those feelings are you don't want to feel. And so that thorn is like any feeling that you're trying to avoid. All the times that I felt like I should be a better student, a better friend, a better daughter, a better sister. And later in my life, a better wife and a better mother. We all have these thoughts and fears. And we spend a lot of time thinking about that we need to be a better version of ourselves to meet the demands of people and society. You do not need to be a better person. And I'm going to repeat that because I really want you to hear this. You do not need to be a better person. You just need to be a more confident person, confident in your 100% worthiness. Remember, just a couple weeks ago, I gave you the gift of how priceless you are. And that gift is amazing. That gift is worth everything. If you really believe in that priceless worth, then you would have more confidence in all of your decisions and confident in your thoughts. I always thought there was something wrong with me because I wasn't like everyone else. And I'm not sure why I thought everyone else was the same because obviously they're not, or that everyone else had it all figured out but me. But that is what I thought. I had thought thoughts like, I will never be as good as that person. I need to be a better student. I can't do this. I am a mess. I know better than to do this. Why do I keep doing it? I must be a bad person. These thoughts kept me from being confident. Shaming yourself never gets you the results that you want. This is the same for your thoughts. If you are thinking shaming thoughts to yourself, you are causing the result of not reaching your goals. When you know that sometimes you're not going to be your best self, and that is part of everyone's journey, it takes away the shame that you should be better. You don't need to be better. You just need to believe in your 100% worthiness as a human being and that you won't always get it right or make a decision you like. And that is okay. I have to be confident that I have the ability and not think that I am the special one that can't change your life or behavior because I'm flawed in some way. I know that you think that something is wrong with you because we all think that something is wrong with us. I wanted to be a good student in high school. I just thought that I couldn't do it because I was lazy. I wanted to lose weight, but I thought that I didn't have the willpower to avoid sugar because I was just born that way. I wanted to be a better caretaker of my parents and children, but I thought, oh, I'm just too selfish for that. When I realized that as a parent, I was going to make mistakes. I didn't have to punish myself because of those mistakes. I could say I was sorry if I needed to, and I could try to improve things, and I was going to be compassionate with myself if I didn't do it right. I became confident. The way I show up in this world is exactly how I'm supposed to be. I don't need more or less of something. I just need to love myself and do the best that I can do. That is all that any of us can do. 
You are a wonderful person. You, yes, you. There is nothing wrong with you. You are like all of us, no matter how old. None of us have it all figured out, and that is okay. In fact, that is the way it's supposed to be. Ambivalence is the state of having simultaneous conflicting reactions, beliefs, or feelings towards some object, or it is the experience of having an attitude towards someone or something that contains both positively and negatively balanced components. And I'm sure this has happened to you before. This is not a new phenomenon uh, for me. And it's, I'm sure no matter how old you are, you've already experienced where you feel happy and sad about something. You feel excited, but you're scared. The things that you'll learn in that new situation and in every place I have learned something new about myself. I've learned something new about how to be a better counselor. So it, all those things are good and make you grow in ways that you wouldn't grow if you didn't leave that, that safe space. We're all going to be in the same spot at some point, even if you're like going from grade school to middle school, or you're going from middle school to high school, uh, or even just going to a different grade in the same school, there are things that you miss about the time before, and you're excited about what's next. And so you're always holding like those, like several different emotions that are going on at the same time. Sometimes you're relieved to leave something like, oh, finally, maybe feeling overwhelmed about, oh my gosh, how am I going to get all this stuff done? I've said so many times in this podcast that if you can feel any emotions, even the uncomfortable awful feeling ones. There is nothing that can stop you. And this is one of those times that you need to be able to feel and experience those uncomfortable emotions to move forward. You know, I could decide that all of this is just too much, this business, and just go get a job. And I, if I think about that, like that feels comfortable, like, oh, I won't have to worry about all this other stuff. But I would be so disappointed because I would never find out what I am really made of and what I could create. And so there's no way that I'm going on the easy way. I'm doing, I'm doing the hard stuff. I'm going to do the uncomfortable stuff because I want to see what this is going to turn into. And I don't even know, but there's this future version of myself that is the CEO of better regulate than never. And so I'm going to live into being her. I already, it's uncomfortable becoming her, but that's okay because that's totally what I want to do. 